0: San Dimas, 1988, the most bodacious, totally far out city in America, and home of aspiring guitarist Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan. They're one bad grade away from flunking history, and they need to ace their history presentation if they're going to pass. That's when a futuristic time-traveling phone booth shows up, piloted by the enigmatic future man Rufus, who tells Bill and Ted that their history report is vital to the evolution of the human race centuries in the future. Armed with a time machine, Bill and Ted travel to various time periods and capture historical figures like Billy the Kid and Napoleon Bonaparte and prepare to give the most excellent history presentation ever in 1989's Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I'm Connor Izagary.
1: I'm Julie Cervantes.
0: And this is 2021's First Filmgasm. Happy Wednesday listeners and welcome to 2021 may not be the best year of our lives but the bar for better has been set pretty damn low. I'm joined today by guest host Julie Cervantes who is here with another random draw from the book of filmgasm one of the most 80s 80s movies of the 1980s Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. (laughs) Very cool. This was a this was a draw so fate has willed this movie onto our podcast. Very cool.
1: I love getting randomness and uh, seeing all these movies that
0: I don't know about. Woo! <laughs> so much fun. Uh, before we get started, I do want to remind listeners that last week's super dark and sad Song of the South episode is not the norm for the show. Most of the time, it's upbeat, silly, and we celebrate films. Things got a bit too real last week, so if you tuned in looking for merriment and got bummed out, My apologies. <laughs> Going forward, most of what we churn out on Filmgasm will be fun and fancy-free. Over on Oscar Sunday, though, shit will get real quite often. And who knows what will happen on the sneak preview. But Filmgasm will probably never go that far again. Yeah. I know most people probably don't care, but that really got right in my heart. (laughs) So, happy to be here to talk about Bill and Ted. (laughs) Most excellent. There's no rewind today, so let's jump right in. Uh, Julie, prior to this podcast, what did you know about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Anything?
1: (laughs) Absolutely nothing, except that I knew who Keanu Reeves is. um, Because before I watched this, I watched The Matrix with some family back like a couple months ago, and that was my first Keanu Reeves movie. So (laughs) I think that was a pretty cool start for him.
0: Yeah, for sure uh keanu has had a very interesting career and uh, we're gonna talk at length about that in a minute here uh bill and ted's excellent adventure i saw for the first time when i was like 12 and i remember thinking this is the stupidest shit (laughs) i'm a big history buff and i don't know something about it just didn't jive with me the first time but this time i loved it so sometimes it takes a second viewing for some movies you know
1: I like movies like this because you don't really, like, have to know what's going on. Like, because you could just watch it without knowing anything and still have fun watching it. (laughs) So, yeah.
0: For sure. And I think that there's very few films that are as 80s as this movie. Like, it is so hardcore dated. The way they talk, you know, dude, excellent, bodacious, far out. Like, nobody does that anymore. (laughs)
1: yeah i I don't think i've ever seen a movie as 80s as this like i'm trying to think of other 80s movies i've seen i can't really think of any that put that many like um words (laughs) like funny words like that um so
0: yeah almost like they're trying to remind you like hey future audiences this is an 80s movie like yeah really feels (laughs) like that like they're trying to just shove as much of the decade as they can And I'm okay with that. I love the 80s.
1: I'm just now remembering that like most of the 80s movies that I watched was like Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Pretty in Pink. I'm a huge fan of Pretty in Pink, but like they don't talk like that in Pretty in Pink. They just talk normally. (laughs) I mean, there's some things like especially how they dress in those movies. They're so (laughs) like so stylish for the 80s. And so, yeah, those are the movies I think of when I think of the 80s. I've never seen anything like this one. (laughs)
0: You can always, you can always see it. You can always tell what an 80s movie, like when you're watching an 80s movie, just by the way they're dressed, the way they talk. There's something about the 80s that is so unique. And I love that. I think the 80s might be my favorite decade of film. Just all, like so many of my favorite films come out of the 80s. You know, Back to the Future, The Goonies, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Ferris Bueller. It's kind of endless and, this movie is definitely up there. I mean this is this came out in 1989 so it was the end of the 80s and it almost like celebrates a decade of just wacky shit and I love that.
1: Yeah. I really like the Breakfast Club too. Like I think that was one of the first ones I saw and like like those are I really like how they make you kind of emotional like you get emotional and like I really like the music too that like a lot of 80s movies incorporate lots of cool music and especially this one um (laughs) so yeah they're like really fun emotional they like put you in a place you want to go to like I definitely wish I could time travel to the 80s
0: (laughs) hell yeah me too I've always wanted I mean my all-time favorite movie is Back to the Future so I've been wanting to time travel my entire life especially to the 80s (laughs) <laughs> and yeah breakfast club i enjoyed I-, I liked it i haven't really wanted to go back to it and i feel like it's kind of been done at this point like i know this is going to sound very cynical but i don't really dig movies about teenagers that much <laughs> i don't think they're that interesting <laughs> but <laughs> i totally get why people relate to the breakfast club i have not seen pretty in pink
1: uh, whoa <laughs> i mean i guess you, if you don't like really care for movies like that then it's pr- pretty in pink is probably something i'll be like okay and then never go back to like *The breakfast club i <laughs> so i guess you like more funny 80s movies since you like ferris bueller's day off yeah
0: for sure i like you know irreverent comedy i think just coming of age films in general are really hit or miss for me because a lot of the time i find them kind of self-indulgent and a little whiny and that's i don't know i've i've been you know fighting that for a while but there's some coming of age movies i love like for example stand by me 1986 brilliant coming of age movie uh, i'm sure there's others
1: i've never seen that one
0: that's a cool one it's a stephen king story based on or it's based on stephen king's story the body where these kids in like the late 50s early 60s are going on a journey to see a dead body and they just kind of find themselves along the way. And they have to like, they're forced to grow up and it's a very endearing film. Uh, But I think, you know, there's, there's ways to do it. There's wrong ways to do it. And I think a lot of the time it's, it's very repetitive. You know, it's like, I don't know who I am, but I kind of do and I have to find it. And then I did, but did I learn anything?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, pretty pink is just like, who am I going to take to prom? Oh, I found someone. Uh Oh, things go wrong. Oh, things go great again. <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, I see what you mean.
0: The stakes are never that high, you know, like I don't care who's taking who to prom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah. I, I mean, know. I guess for me, I, I really, I just really like it because um, I don't know, just like being a girl is like, And then relating to the character. So, like, you can't really relate if you're not, you know, in (laughs) there. I don't know. Like, you know, I can picture you, like, being in high school and not really caring about prom. And, like, right? Like, did you go?
0: (laughs) Surprisingly, I I cared a lot about prom. (laughs) Did you? (laughs) I I asked out my crush. And uh, she said yes. And. I got to go to prom with my crush. So not a lot of people can say that.
1: Dang. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, that must've been a really good feeling.
0: (laughs) It was, it was, a yeah. So I don't know. It's just, but I think you have a point there where I'm, I'm just not the audience. And I get that. I didn't like lady bird for the same reason, but I'm not the audience for lady bird.
1: Right. Yeah. There is a, there's a specific audience. Like people or girls that, you know, are into romance, I guess. Um,
0: fashion, style. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sure, you know, these, these, these uh, subjects will definitely come up again on this show and our other shows. These are ongoing themes, but yes. back to Bill and Ted. So Bill and Ted was written by screenwriters, Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon in 1987. And it was based off a stand-up routine that they did in college where they played these goofy dudes who were time traveling and kind of talking about historical events that they knew nothing about. And they turned that into a screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it targeted 80s teens and they knew that some audiences might not understand the vernacular or the humor. The film was a coin toss. It was either going to be a big hit or a huge mistake. Like this film was either going to really, like kids were going to relate to it or nobody was going to see it. And it ended up being a hit which is pretty cool um by the way chris matheson is the son of famous horror sci-fi writer richard matheson who famously wrote i am legend duel and many episodes of the twilight zone among other projects and ed solomon was once the son-in-law of famous comedian john cleese so these guys come from writing royalty (laughs) which is pretty cool richard matheson had a few kids who got into film and uh matheson is a kind of a legend uh do you ever see i am legend
1: uh is that the one with will smith Mm -hmm. yeah um (laughs) it's really cool how i'm like you mentioned have you seen this and usually i say yes because i've seen these things so close to being a part of the podcast so like i have not if i had not um seen these this year or the year before i would say no but yeah a lot of these movies i've been seeing like way more recent so yeah I really
0: enjoyed that one. Right on. <laughs> I've, I have not read the book. I've, I've seen, I saw I am legend once. And I remember thinking, yeah, it was all right. I watched the last man on earth with Vincent price, which is the same story. And I thought that was way better, but it's a story that really hasn't been done correctly on film. I think they keep tweaking it and they keep not getting it right. And that actually pissed him off quite a lot. <laughs> he, It's like his biggest story, and they they did a movie version like five times, and each time they messed with his story, and every time he's like, Why don't you just do my story?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've seen a few zombie like I saw World War Z before this movie. I was like, It's that was a pretty big introduction to zombie movies, and I was like expecting I'm like at the at that point I'm expecting the highest like out of film for zombie movies. And then I see this one, I'm like, cool. This is cool. It's enjoyable. Um, not as intense as other ones, I think. But yeah.
0: The thing is, though, they're not supposed to be zombies. They're supposed to be vampires. But they <laughs> made them zombies for some reason in, in the new one.
1: Oh, is, that, that's weird. <laughs> is that why they, like, come out at night? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, the whole point of the story is that they're afraid of him he's the monster in like their world and they they can talk and they can like do you know they can they have feelings and they're afraid of this guy but in i am legend they're just mindless monsters that he blows up with a fucking grenade it made no sense the oh, theme yeah. is gone <laughs> <laughs> that would have
1: been uh, a cooler story i think if they were vampires
0: i have the book i just never i haven't gotten around to it i've had it for like 10 years it's, it's hard to find reading time you know The podcast and grad school and all that. So, Chris Matheson, Ed Solomon, writing royalty, met in college, did a stand up, wrote Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. San Antonio native director Stephen Herrick signed on to direct. And this was his second film, his first being 1986's Critters, which is one of the many ripoffs of Gremlins. They did like, they took a different little creature name. They put it on a movie, and they made, like, Critters and Hobgoblins and Troll and just all these movies.
1: Uh, (laughs) Ah, not good.
0: Uh, Herrick would follow Bill and Ted with films such as Don't Tell Mom, The Babysitter's Dead, The Three Musketeers, Mr. Holland's Opus, 101 Dalmatians, Holy Man, Rockstar, and Life or Something Like It. Not a bad resume, especially Mr. Holland's Opus. I've heard that's a pretty acclaimed film. And uh, I have not seen either the animated or live-action 101 Dalmatians. I have not gotten oh, to
1: that. yeah, I am. <laughs> I mean, I've seen bits and pieces. But yeah, I haven't really seen any of those.
0: A whole bunch of Disney movies I just have not gotten to. You know, I grew up with, like, my slate. I had, like, the ones I watched constantly on tape. And then the other ones I just never bothered with. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I like... I, whenever I grew up, I kind of watched the same movies over and over, like Lion King, and um, just everything we had on VCR. And like, if we didn't have 101 Dalmatians I, you know, I didn't see it.
0: <laughs> I think we had most of the Disney movies on tape, just because we bought movies all the time. But I just didn't care. Like some about the '90s ones, I just had those on constant rotation. I love those so much.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that hasn't really changed. They're still my all-time favorites.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: But I'll get to them. Uh, So let's talk about the cast. Little-known teen actor Keanu Reeves was cast as Ted Logan, the character which would be his big break. Reeves would go on to star in several big-budget projects in the 90s, like Point Break, Speed, The Devil's Advocate, and Dracula, as well as indie films like My Own Private Idaho. But it was his turn as Neo in 1999's The Matrix that made him a global superstar. He would star in two sequels to The Matrix, with a fourth currently in production, and after a decade or so of lukewarm projects, Reeves would shoot right to the top of the A-list again with 2014's John Wick, which would have two sequels also starring Reeves with two more currently in production. Keanu Reeves is one of the most iconic action stars in the world and is widely considered to be the nicest guy in Hollywood. With his charity work, his love for his fans, and his upbeat outlook on life, there's few movie people who don't love Keanu Reeves. So Keanu Reeves, uh, you said that your intro to him was The Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I think that's pretty universal. Uh, I think a lot of people were first introduced to him through The Matrix. I think that was mine as well. Mm-hmm. And that's such an awesome movie. We, we did The Matrix a few, about six months ago. And uh, I wish we'd have taken a different approach to it. I feel like we just retold the story. But oh. yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, we can always redo it or look back on it. And, you know, I, um, I would always see pictures and memes of this guy wearing like black glasses and like on the internet, I'd be like, who the hell is this? And people would always say the Matrix dude. And I'd be like, I don't I haven't seen that. And then I watched it and, <laughs> and it was weirdest thing I've ever seen, like at the time. And I was like, Kind of confused. I'm still kind of confused because I haven't seen it in a bit, but um, yeah. And then I watched uh, Bill and Ted for this, and then right after that, I watched Speed, and I really enjoyed Speed a lot more than I probably enjoyed The Matrix, to be honest. Um, that's probably not a <laughs> like opinion everyone has, but um, yeah, I really appreciate that movie. I like. I kind of want to buy it now. <laughs> I think
0: a lot of people, uh, Speed is their favorite. I know that. Uh, that. That movie was a big hit. It was very critically acclaimed. Fans love it. Yeah, I think that's that's a great pick. It's an awesome movie. It's a cool concept. You know, bus can't go under 50 miles an hour. It's going to blow up. Like, And they turned it into a two-hour action thriller. That's that's impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, Keanu Reeves is terrible in Dracula. <laughs> I don't, have you seen 1992's Dracula? No, you don't need to see 1992's Dracula. Oh
1: god! It's,
0: for some reason, it's pretty cl- critically acclaimed. I think Gary Oldman does a decent job as Dracula, but the rest of the cast is terrible. Keanu Reeves is playing a Brit, and he is not good at playing a Brit. His <laughs> accent is so wonky; it's it's weird.
1: <laughs> oh damn!
0: It's funny to watch him just kind of you know try in that one. <laughs>
1: Did they just like want him because he was becoming a big star and they're like, Hey, try this accent. And then it failed.
0: <laughs> exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, after the matrix, like he was, he became huge, but he didn't really do a lot of notable projects. I mean, he did Constantine, which was okay. He was in that really bad. The day the earth stood still remake. And it was just kind of like he was trying to find something. And then he finally found it in 2014 with John Wick, which I think is his greatest film, like without a doubt. As much as I love The Matrix, I fucking adore John Wick. Okay. <laughs> Maybe the best, off. yeah, one of the best crime thrillers I've ever seen. The buildup is perfect. The character is so well-written. All three movies kick ass. It's, yeah, it's perfect. I could rewatch those movies all day. Hmm,
1: okay. Nice. So like, since I don't watch a lot of action movies and I like speed, then I'll probably like this one. Hopefully.
0: (laughs) Probably. It's a, do you know what it's about? No idea. (laughs) Mm, Okay. So it's about this guy whose wife recently uh, passed away from uh, cancer and he's just kind of, you know, he's sad and he's, he's lonely. And his wife posthumously in the mail sent him a dog to help him grieve because she knew she was dying. And it starts out this very sweet movie about a guy kind of mourning. And then he runs into these thugs and they want to steal his car. So they fuck him up and they take his car. And then the <laughs> you get this idea that this is not a guy you fuck with. Mm-hmm. Because everyone who finds out like, well, oh you stole, you stole John Wick's car. Everyone's like, why did you do that? <laughs> and it's and so you learn that this guy is an ex Russian mob assassin who left the, 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 uh, the business because he fell in love, but he was the best. Everyone was afraid of him. And now he's back for revenge and he goes after these thugs and he just gets back into the life. And it's so good. It's so good. (laughs) It's done by stunt people. So all the action scenes are like very well thought out and, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they made this whole franchise it was a sleeper hit that now there's you know two more and they're both as awesome so i recommend it for sure it's a really fun watch
1: okay that sounds pretty cool i <laughs> uh, like when i can get attached to a super cool character like if it's not an attachable or a guy and i can attach to and like why would i watch it
0: <laughs> it's so cool with this guy because of what ha- i'm not giving you the whole story of why he's after these guys because it's a pretty shocking moment okay <laughs> But you are going to relate to him for that because there's not a human being on Earth who wouldn't. <laughs> and it's great.
1: Okay, cool.
0: Uh, yeah. And it was weird to see Keanu come back for a third Bill and Ted this year. Like, what? it was so weird. Like, I never thought it was going to happen. It had been in production hell for like 10 years. And it finally happened. And it's middle-aged Bill and Ted. It's... <laughs> Such an odd concept. I haven't watched it yet because I'm just, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that it's 50 year old Bill and Ted. <laughs> but I'll get to it. Um, child actor Alex Winter was cast as Bill Preston. Winter's acting career never quite took off like Keanu Reeves did. Prior to Bill and Ted, Winter appeared in The Lost Boys and Death Wish 3. So, not really a lot. In recent years, Winter would go on to have a successful career as a documentary filmmaker, directing such docs as Downloading, Deep Web, The Panama Papers, Trust Machine, The Story of Blockchain, Showbiz Kids, and most recently, Zappa, a critically acclaimed uh, bio, like, documentary biopic of iconic rock musician Frank Zappa. So pretty cool that he found his niche. Uh And it's cool that even after becoming a documentarian, he still came back for Bill and Ted three.
1: (laughs) That's so sweet. That's like saying, I like, I don't know. There's like some people that wouldn't do that. Like this probably doesn't relate that much, but like Drake Drake and Josh, when they were like in the show together, they like spent so much time together and now they don't even like say, like talk to each other anymore. I feel like it's like, that's so sweet that they came back.
0: I heard Drake is, like, fucking crazy. (laughs) I think he fled the country after being, like, accused of uh, sexual harassment. Well. And before that, he had, like, an attitude problem. So I think there's a reason they don't talk. Yeah. But I think Keanu and Alex Winter stayed in touch over the years because both of them did not need Bill and Ted 3. Alex Winter has a, you know, documentary documentary career keanu reeves is keanu reeves they didn't need to do bill and ted 3 but they did and that's pretty cool i think that's why fans loved it so much is because it was made out of love
1: yeah the recipe is love that's like i'm happy i'm happy for them me
0: too me too although i gotta say without a beard keanu does look about 10 20 years older (laughs) He's got a beard in the John Wick franchise. He shaved it off for Bill and Ted 3, and he looks significantly older, I thought. So,
1: the, Without the beard makes him look
0: older? Yeah. Yeah, it is weird. It's usually the opposite. And the last guy I want to talk about in the cast is iconic stand-up comedian George Carlin, who plays Rufus, our cool-as-ice future man. Carlin is one of the most respected and highly regarded stand-up comedians of all time gaining international acclaim for his seven dirty words bit, which was so raunchy and notorious that it started a censorship case that wound up all the way in the Supreme Court in 1978. And it's a big <laughs> part of what, of uh, how the uh, FCC kind of uh, determines what you can say on radio and TV and what you can't. A lot of that came out of this case. And his seven dirty words bit was basically just talking about the seven dirty words you can't say on television and he said them on television.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: apart from his stand up, of which he had 14 specials, he appeared in a number of films such as Dogma, The Prince of Tides, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, Scary Movie Three, and Cars. Uh, he was also the narrator of the Thomas the Tank Engine show for some reason, <laughs> and he hosted the first ever episode of Saturday Night Live in 1975. Uh, He died in 2008 at age 71 from heart failure, but this guy's legacy is never going away. George Carlin is considered kind of the greatest comedian who ever lived. And to see him just play Rufus, the time traveling badass is awesome. Like he doesn't really serve much to the plot, but him just being there and like putting on the sunglasses and then just like stepping out. God, I could watch that all day.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but you do have to, like, drink every time he says, gentlemen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For some reason, him go, uh, I don't remember the exchange, but Bill and Ted go, no way. And he goes, yes way. I don't know why, but that always is the first thing I think of when I think of Rufus. Funny. (laughs) Gentlemen, if you'll permit me to jam with you.
1: (laughs) gentlemen i just got you some brand new uh guitars and some some babes
0: i love when he turns to the camera at the end and he's like they do get better
1: oh yeah i like that how they ended with that
0: (laughs) george carlin he's the best he's the best there was something so cool about this guy he was the first like he was one of the first guys to really kind of do like hardcore unflinching political comedy he borrowed a lot from i think in that respect from lenny bruce and he was just he didn't give a fuck what people thought he said whatever the hell was on his mind regardless of who he offended and i love that like yeah and he he did a lot of kind of wordplay comedy too he talked about you know famous like expressions that don't make any sense and stuff like that he he was good he was really good sweet and like with all that dark shit he was the guy narrating thomas the tank engine that just doesn't doesn't make sense for the rest of his career it's like it was community service or something
1: (laughs) maybe i maybe not why would he do that like if he's already big (laughs) oh well maybe his kids liked it or something whatever
0: i don't think he had kids (laughs) oh (laughs) or if he did i they were i don't know maybe he just loved trains
1: (laughs) yeah trains man
0: (laughs) um Well, that's all I really want to talk about in regards to the cast. The um, historical figures are all played by bit part actors who never really left the 80s. Nobody there is really, I would say, notable. They're all good, but nobody really stands out. Like, the only one I really recognized was Socrates. He was the waiter in Scrooged. (laughs) But that's, you know, no one else is going to know that. Um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure has an IMDb score of 7.0, Rotten Tomatoes score of 81%. It was a decent hit, grossing about $40 million on a budget of $10 million. It spawned two sequels and a cartoon spin off series. <laughs> so, with that, let's talk about this thing. So, I've got some talking points here. Uh, very first thing I want to ask you Bill or Ted?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. I really like. <laughs> Okay. I guess I'll say Ted because I just love Keanu Reeves. Um, But like, it's so funny when Bill is like, shut up, Ted. (laughs) Like, that's so funny. Uh, But I don't, what what about you? I'm going to say Ted. I love Ted.
0: You have chosen wisely. I also pick Ted. (laughs) Ted just, there's something so Likeable about Keanu Reeves, there's just I I I would love to give this guy a high five.
1: <laughs> his hair, his hair.
0: Oh, <laughs> but they are like you need both of them for this to work. It really like they play off each other so well. They're such dopes, and it just works. <laughs> yeah, I think the most I think the most uh, like the best thing about this film is the dialogue. I think there are so many hilarious lines in this film that just kind of you don't even notice the first time like uh when he's in when they're in class and ted gets asked who was joan of arc and he's like noah's wife like (laughs) so so dumb i like uh
1: when i I think they're like reading from a book or something and then uh bill says to know everything you must know nothing and then ted's like that's us
0: (laughs) One line I really liked just because of the implication was when they're at the Circle K and one of them goes, that lady in the car over there said Marco Polo was born in 1275. Like they're just asking people historical questions in the gas station parking lot. (laughs) (laughs) That made me laugh. (laughs) Oh, I think uh, one of the best lines that just kind of like sets up so much is when the phone booth first shows up and Ted just goes, strange things are afoot at the circle K. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like
1: that's one of the most memorable ones too. <laughs> strange <laughs> things are at, are at foot at the QT.
0: I love the, um, the fact that these two dopes are the most significant human beings in human history <laughs> that <laughs> their like music is so life-changing that, Human society just rewrites their entire way of life, according to these these guys. <laughs> <laughs> of course, why not?
1: <laughs> They're just so amazing, and <laughs> what is there not to like? They're just so amazing and likable, and who could hate them? There's like no one in this on this earth that could hate them,
0: except Ted's dad for some reason.
1: Like,
0: i know what ted's dad's, dad's such a prick like such a prick in every possible way that's kind of an ongoing theme in the 80s a lot of 80s movies have shitty parents
1: really like and like what movies
0: like uh ferris Bueller, for instance i always felt his parents were kind of eh. especially the way they treat like their daughter
1: yeah, wasn't there, like, a scene in that when his friend, like, his dad did something, like, to him? I forgot, but, like.
0: Yeah, uh, Cameron, the his dad owns the car, and the whole time he's thinking that my dad's going to kill me over this car, and then at the end he's like, fuck it, let him try, and throws, like, girls the car out the window.
1: Oh, yeah, I didn't even know the dude's dad, and I wanted him to do it.
0: <laughs> it's It's rough. I don't know. I might be reading into it too much but just i see i I feel like i see that a lot in 80s movies just parents who don't get it
1: yeah also like in pretty in pink there's a scene where uh it's really emotional because the girl's mom like left her and her dad like it is a recurring theme you're not just imagining it
0: okay that's good (laughs) um let's see um so the historical figures that they pick up Let's talk about these guys. So, in order, Napoleon Bonaparte, Billy the Kid, Socrates, Sigmund Freud, Ludwig von Beethoven, Joan of Arc, Genghis Khan, and Abraham Lincoln. Such a weird mixture of characters, but seeing them come to the modern world was just beautiful.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The mall scene.
0: Oh, it's my favorite part. (laughs)
1: I like I mean, this scene where they're at the water park or the French guy is at the water park. He was like, what is this awesomeness? Woo. That's how you feel when you go down water slides.
0: <laughs> Napoleon's obsession with water slides was just so great. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked uh, Joan of Arc uh, hijacking an aerobics class.
1: <laughs> yeah, me too. Like she, I guess, did she like, like the idea of like, kind of
0: having an army to herself or something. <laughs> yeah, Joan of Arc was a was a warrior. She was a soldier. She was a military leader. So this was like her new thing. It was cool. They all kind of stayed true to who they were in the modern world. You know, Beethoven found electric keyboards. Genghis Khan was wrecking a sporting goods store. Lincoln was just getting an old-timey photo. I love that. Like in the age of my modern photographs, he was still getting an old-timey picture.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Like, can you imagine, like, Beethoven just taking over, like, in, like a music store, like, Guitar Center, and being like, what is all this? And then he, like, takes over the keyboards. That would be fun.
0: My favorite, like, one of my favorite things is how they constantly mispronounce these people's names. Like, <laughs> they called him <them> Beef Oven. <laughs> and Sigmund Freud, <laughs> And Socrates. <laughs> That's just funny as hell. They even got Billy the kid to call him so great the
1: whole time. Yeah, <laughs> I love that.
0: My favorite line in the film is when they go to pick up Sigmund Freud, and Ted goes, How's it hanging, fruit, dude? <laughs> I can't, I have to pause it. I'm laughing so hard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ugh,
0: these guys are dumb, but damn, do they have confidence?
1: <laughs> I know.
0: Oh. And I love that none of the historical figures gripe about this. They're all just like, okay, we're time traveling now. All right. Like they're all cool with this.
1: And <laughs> that's another great part is they, they just don't care. They're like, What is Okay. I'm dreaming. Like they're probably just like, I'm dreaming. Or someone like put something in my drink or I'm having like a mental breakdown. Or, I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, nobody really protests at all. Not even Genghis Khan. <laughs> oh. It's great. Um, Another line I really liked was when they go to get Bill's younger brother uh, because he was supposed to be watching Napoleon. And they're like, you ditched Napoleon? And he just goes, he was a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. That's a valid reason to ditch Napoleon in 1988.
1: (laughs) You probably know a lot more about these history guys than I do. I don't really know that much about Napoleon.
0: (laughs) Well, I can tell you one thing. He was a dick. Really The thing is though He wasn't as short As we think Like The whole You know The big thing everyone knows About Napoleon Is that he was Short But According You know He was only Like he was He was 5'6 Which is On the short side But People weren't exactly You know Tall back then That was kind of Average height Of the 1800s The only reason We think of him As this like Little dwarf guy Is because of English propaganda which was basically saying like, look at this tiny little leader of France. There's no way he can conquer Europe. So, and that all kind of stayed here. It's weird.
1: <laughs> Dang, that's interesting.
0: Yeah. I don't know a lot about these guys. I know a bit. I know Joan of Arc was like, to- you know, thought that God told her to fight for France. And then once France won the war, they had her executed for being a woman in an army. Like her own people killed her.
1: <laughs> that's yeah. pretty
0: goddamn sad. Uh, I know Genghis Khan conquered most of the known world and fought in many battles had like the biggest harem of women in the world so much so that most of today's population can trace their lineage back to Genghis Khan.
1: So like three of these guys were dicks, Genghis Khan, uh, Billy, the kid, what didn't he like murder a bunch of people? Billy, the
0: kid I have mixed feelings on and I'll talk about him in a minute because he's got a really cool story. Okay. Funnily enough, Khan, uh, after everything he went through, he fell off his horse, uh, got an, uh, wounded himself. It got infected, and he died. That's what killed Genghis Khan. A like he fell off his horse. That's
1: wow, crazy. That's <laughs> that doesn't amount to him, but the things he's done. But Genghis Khan. he died. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think, you know, there's a lot of movies about Genghis Khan that kind of paint him as this, like, trailblazer and this warrior, but really, he was a psychopath who killed thousands of people. And, yeah, he kind of, I wish he'd been, I wish he gotten a much bloodier death than that. Um, Billy the Kid was, I might be mixing his, like, history here for a few of these guys. I'm just kind of rattling off the top of my head. I don't have any notes prepared on any of those. And, um, though the kid was a, you know, he's considered, you know, one of the most famous outlaws in American history. And yeah, he did commit some crimes. He did kill some people, but a lot of it he was cheated into doing. A lot of it he was told, like, he was told he was going to be pardoned, that he got that taken away from him as soon as he turned himself in, things like that. So, like, I feel like the deck was stacked against Billy the Kid. Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: I didn't read any of that. So, like, um, in that case, I like you.
0: (laughs) But, you know, he did kill some people. So, But it was the Old West who didn't kill some people.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure, like, so many people got away with so many things. If Genghis Khan got away with that, like, there's so many other people on, like, in the past that got away with so many kills. Oh,
0: yeah. Beethoven was considered, everyone kind of hated Beethoven. He was a very sour, angry, brute of a person who hated everybody. And... Just kind of did his music in his own way. Didn't give a fuck what other people thought, and he died pretty, pretty alone. <laughs> <laughs> so these people are, yeah, all just weird. It's it's an interesting bunch.
1: Yeah, I was gonna ask you, like, <laughs> one time, um, my friend and I were playing "Would You Rather," and we were like. would you rather kill like Genghis Khan or Hitler and like like which one would you like choose to get rid of if you could and I don't know who did worse like like what do you did Genghis Khan do a lot farther worse than Hitler
0: um that that's very much up to individuals like I I don't even know where to go with that um they're both (laughs) equally horrific people but I would definitely get rid of Hitler first. Okay. Hitler, yeah, I don't want to go there, but Hitler's a bad person, yes. That's kind of, that goes without saying. But, you know, I feel like because Genghis Khan is, you know, a thousand years ago and Hitler is, you know, 60 years ago, we, we remember Hitler. We know what he did. There's people alive today who remember what he did. Right. Genghis Khan is so far removed from modern history that I feel like there's a lot of myths surrounding him that people kind of forget just how much of a monster he was.
1: Yeah, I'll be completely honest. I didn't even know who he was until I got older because, yeah. And also history books, I, I guess they didn't really teach us that either. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, history history class, we don't, we don't cover individuals. It's more of a grander kind of thing. Like, this is the Old West. This is... We actually we do it by the war in America, which is weird. Like we do, you know, early America, Native Americans, then we do Revolutionary War, and then we do Civil War, and then we do uh, World War One, and then we do World War Two, and then we do Vietnam. We se- we separate history by wars, which is kind of fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're going all over the place today. This is interesting. <laughs> um. So let's talk a bit about the bizarre relationship between Bill and his stepmom. Who is Is like 19-year-old stepmom who he went to high school with. There's such a that's such an odd story. And I love the end when Freud is analyzing Ted and he's like, Your father's insecurities, he's projecting them onto you. And Ted's like, Whoa. And <laughs> Yes, Bill. Like, do you want to lay down? And Bill's like, "Oh no, I just got a minor edible complex." <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great line, that he even knows what that means. Is great, but that he's aware of that is even better. <laughs> Good God! For those of you out there who don't know what an edible complex is, it's a uh, very weird mental condition where you have a desire to sleep with your own mother kill your father and become head of the household. But most of the time you, you kind of stop it, sleep with your own mother. It's, uh, it's unfortunate, but it's hilarious in this movie. <laughs> uh, let's talk about England and the babes, that whole bit. Oh, yes. <laughs> what do you think of that?
1: That was great. I like... Um... <laughs> I like how they were just they were trying to like pick out who are we going to take back with us and then ted just sees these babes at the castle he's like i don't care i just want the babes <laughs> He's like and and then he's like come on we gotta go and he's like all right fine let's go <laughs> let's go talk to them how are we going to talk to them and then <laughs> they start fighting in the night the night armor and they're like middle what, what did they say <laughs> what did they say like, like your armor's heavy, heavy metal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love when they're fake. Like, they start doing Star Wars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> each other. Oh, that was great. I love when Bill thinks Ted is dead, and he, like, goes off on that guy. You killed Ted, you medieval dickweed. Great line.
1: <laughs> I, did, I didn't... <laughs> I was like thinking, how did you have time? Because he said, "I I got out of the suit before I uh, before they found me." I'm like, "How did you get out of the suit?" In, like 0. 0.5 seconds. Like, okay.
0: <laughs> uh, who knows? It's great. I love th- towards the end when they start giving themselves like pre, like you know, pre-orders. Like, make sure we bring the video camera and like stuff like that. Like they have everything p- planned out for like the the mission. Like. After the mission, they'll go back in time and put the keys here, and things yeah. like that. And they're just like, "Here's the keys." <laughs> I love that that worked out.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that'd be so cool if I could just like think about what I want to eat tomorrow, and then I already have like food in front of me. That'd be cool.
0: Be crazy. <laughs> I I would I would abuse the hell out of a out of a time machine. I would I would <laughs> very much screw with the space-time continuum if I had access to a time machine. I'm, I'm never sitting still for anything. <laughs> I'm going everywhere.
1: <laughs> Where'd you go? Like, first. First. Ooh, ooh let's get into this. <laughs>
0: okay. This, obviously, this is going to come up whenever you do a time travel movie. Uh, where would I go first? So, time machine. Oh, wait, I have a time Would hmm?
1: you alter your life, or would you just go back to, like, see cool stuff?
0: I would alter the fuck out of my life. I'll tell you no. right, right now, I know exactly what I would do and wh- like, when I would do it. <laughs> there was a time in high school where I was going to, it was Valentine's Day. I was going to ask out this girl and I got such a bad migraine. I had to leave school. I had to go home. I was so like, no, I was so disappointed. I would go back in time and tell myself to have a banana that morning. And fight the migraine. (laughs) (laughs) On a grander scale, I would go back and tell myself, invest in Tesla and weed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My dad used to work at Amazon back in the day. So I would go back in time and tell my dad, hey, hold on to those stock options, dad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Apart from bettering myself personally, I would... Oh, damn. I don't know. That's a tough, like of all the decades I could visit, I would go back in time to 1981.
1: Hmm.
0: I get to enjoy the eighties in my twenties. I get to enjoy the nineties in my thirties. I get to buy stock in Apple and Microsoft and Amazon. And then in my forties, I would be a billionaire.
1: Oh, yes.
0: <laughs> and I get to enjoy, you know, the 80s heavy metal scene. I could write, like, I could, you know, I could write Indiana Jones. Like, I could write movies I already knew about. Like, that would be the best.
1: <laughs> yeah, that sounds re- like a good use of your time machine. Like, I wouldn't think that far into it.
0: <laughs> I thought about me. this a lot.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I was thinking, like, how do how do you know how to do this? Okay, <laughs> but... um. Yeah, for me, I I guess for changing my life, I would definitely quit orchestra and like focus on art because like I don't care about it anymore. I like my parents told me to join orchestra um, just to see if I would enjoy it. Um, I did, but then after a while it got pretty old for me. So I would just say I would just do something to like tell my parents or like maybe at a certain time just tell them that I don't want to do it anymore or like, you know, do something. Um, Besides that, um, like just for funds, I would probably just do something fun. Like maybe go see something that cool cool that happened in the past. Um, Maybe go see if I could like go to a, a time where a movie was being filmed or shot and then go watch how they were shooting the movie like one of my favorites um yeah that's what i got at the top of my head but since you have so much time to think about it <laughs> uh yeah i wish like um i wish i knew i guess when the moment comes i'll figure it out
0: <laughs> yeah exactly i would go back in time a good one would be go back in time to like the mid 80s and write harry potter
1: Bro, you can't do that. (laughs) That's cheating, Connor.
0: I would would go back. So if I had time to prep, like if I had, you know, like I knew like, here's my time machine. I got to bring essentials. I would pack with me so many books, so many screenplays, and then go back in time and then say like, hey, look what I wrote. But Uh, how would
1: that change time though? Because if you're writing all those things, what would happen? Like...
0: (laughs) So, if I is it so it's that kind of time travel rule. So, if I go back in time with the book of Harry Potter and I write Harry Potter, then there's no Harry Potter by J.K. Rowling for me to grab and take back to the t- paradox. Uh, yeah,
1: oh my God. It would be written by Connor. And then what would happen to your future books? You I'd write
0: happened. those too. <laughs> so now they'd sell. Yeah, never mind. I had a buddy of mine, I, we talked about this, and he said the weirdest response I've ever heard to this question. He said, I go back in time to the Middle Ages with a Glock and take the whole place over. <laughs> a Glock? Yeah, with a Glock.
1: What's a Glock?
0: Like, like a gun. Like a 9 millimeter.
1: Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, you show up in the Middle Ages with a gun, suddenly you're king of the world.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, but then like, Oh my God, you would people would be like, What is this? And then you'd have to teach them how to use it, right? Like, I mean, you, no, you
0: would have... just the way he thought of it was like, I would have the gun and I would shoot anyone who disobeyed me, and they would be afraid of my magic wizard powers, and they wouldn't like, they'd That's give savage. me everything. It's a weird answer to the question. That's
1: savage, he's the new Genghis Khan.
0: Basically, yeah.
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, you guys would like basically use your power to like the max. (laughs) And I would be like, I'll just do this.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, if I'm, you know, if it's a a situation where if I impact time, I could destroy time, I'd probably dial it back quite a lot. Like I I think if I had like limited amount of, you know, what I could do, what I'd love to do is go back in time to the sixties and see Led Zeppelin in concert. Yeah.
1: Oh my God. I would go, okay, this is so cringy emo of me, but I would go see my chemical romance because they broke up. But yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't like to speak ill with my friends, but that's, that's a very terrible use of a time machine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I would, um, I'd love to see Nirvana. That would be on my Time machine bucket list: ACDC before Bon Scott died, uh, Hendrix, Rolling Stones in their prime, Buddy Holly, Elvis. Like that would, yeah, that's what I would do. I'd, I'd go, I'd do like a time travel world tour. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like you're so good at shitting on my time machine wants because now I want to change my answer to Nirvana instead of my Chemical Romance.
0: <laughs> yeah, I Nirvana would be tops i'd want to go see bands that you know not didn't just break up but like they're dead
1: (laughs) yeah like yeah okay i changed my answer officially i
0: would want to go back in time and like to 1950s hollywood and be an extra in a movie just to freak out my grandparents (laughs) because one day they're going to watch that movie like now and see me just like at a dinner table, talking to somebody in the background, and think like that guy looks a lot like my grandson. <laughs> Everyone would be you like, "You would not
1: tell them you wouldn't." They... <laughs> <laughs> that
0: would be fun. I'd like to go back in time and like hang out with my parents, like when they were my age.
1: Whoa, that's weird. That's that okay. I don't know if I would go that far. That's Back to the I Future. Have to say something and change with a like envision. that's exactly
0: the plot of back to the future so yeah that's exactly what would happen i would accidentally you know they might be on their way to a chain of events that makes me possible and then i say like no let's go get a bagel and then that whole thing doesn't happen
1: (laughs) yeah and then you die or i don't know if that's how that works but
0: i hope it's like back to the future where you just kind of gradually fade so you can kind of tell like oh i have time to fix this instead of like you know x-men days of future past where it's just like pop and you're like, everything's different.
1: <laughs> yeah, or it could be like, uh, Infinity War, where you just like, blow away, like dust in the wind. <laughs> he's just like, it's, it's all, all the life is just dust in the wind and <laughs> he's like, what are you talking about? And then he just takes a dust, like, <sighs> yeah.
0: I don't know, there's so many different time travel movies and different rules. And we'll be talking about that towards the end. But uh, yeah, it's cool to kind of think about that. Like if I had a time machine, would you rather have a time machine or like in the inherent ability to leap through time?
1: Time machine so that I'm restricted.
0: <laughs> that would suck. Like, cause if like you could like dream jump and like go to sleep here and wake up in like, you know, 14th century Africa. <laughs>
1: oh my god no (laughs) yeah definitely machine i i would hope it's not like a a telephone thing i like i would rather it be something different i don't know what like maybe touching a cool crystal and like i don't know a telephone machine's kind (laughs) of i don't know
0: i wouldn't want a machine because i don't know how to fix it and if it gets broken i'm stuck I don't have a doc brown i have nobody who can fix my time machine so i would rather have the built-in power and just learn how to control that
1: mm-hmm.
0: be kind of cool neato that was fun
1: like dr strange <laughs> yeah
0: dr strange that would be fun <laughs> be a wizard <laughs> um so i think the best thing about this film is the message that it conveys it's a message i think we can all kind of take away you know be excellent to each other. I mean, that's just great. You know, treat everybody like a bro. <laughs> just be excellent. That's great. That's, a, that's great advice. It's a great message. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I really liked how he made that up on the spot. I mean, obviously it's a script, but like that's a cool line. Just be excellent.
0: That Like the way they like, you know, one hand on the chest and like one arm in the air, that whole thing that was improvised on the spot really yeah it was just something that felt natural to them and they did it and it's become like iconic
1: <laughs> oh my god that totally works because if we just said that it wouldn't be that as cool they have a thing i wish that was my graduation goodbye thing like instead of our school uh hand signal we could just do that
0: <laughs> that reminded me of the time my dad won uh student body president but and his whole speech was we are the shit <laughs> and he won
1: <laughs> his whole speech was that sentence
0: that was his speech yes he didn't make any campaign promises he didn't he just said like we rock and he, he got elected
1: <laughs> oh that's great
0: <laughs> oh boy so here are some filmgasm facts for bill and ted's excellent adventure number one Alex Winter claimed that he gets two types of letters from teachers, positive ones from history teachers for encouraging students to learn about history and negative ones from English teachers for affecting the way students speak. (laughs) So so I guess a lot of people latched onto this and started talking like Bill and Ted and they started putting it in their English papers and English teachers did not like that.
1: (laughs) Whoa, really? I guess. (laughs) Like, What's wrong with having positive words, right? (laughs) I guess if you're an English teacher, like this is stupid, but.
0: (laughs) Mrs. Jones, I hereby prepare for you this most bodacious essay. Like I can see how that would get on my nerves.
1: (laughs) Bro, I would have a bunch of fun reading that. I would like keep wanting to read it. Like who wouldn't want to keep reading that? You don't want to be like, I present this essay of, adequate info actually that's still bill and ted talk
0: (laughs) (laughs) i think it's you know it reminds me that every movie is somebody's favorite movie so somebody out there bill and ted's excellent adventure is their all-time favorite hands down and they talk like this all the time
1: i want to meet that person
0: (laughs) so do i so do i I've heard people do this not not like kind of ironically but like there are some people who just you know they use far out and bodacious and righteous like in their everyday dialogue and that's that's cool (laughs)
1: yeah they like but today it's more like dope and like what else
0: (laughs) I don't know I I I don't really you know school's kind of where that develops so like after you're out of school you're not really part of the Conversation in that term is anymore like I don't know. My cousins are probably saying shit that I've never heard of,
1: like "you're so sus" or stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I've heard that. I don't know what the hell that means. Sus? Yeah,
1: uh it means suspicious, basically. Like if you're downstairs at three in the morning and your bro's down there, he'd be like, "Why are you being so sus?" Like. <laughs> mm. <laughs>
0: Might just be the English major in me, but I don't like that at all. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yep, yeah, I'm sounding like an old man now. I know that. <laughs> Number two, <Yeah. laughs> the, the phone booth time machine was given away as a contest prize by Nintendo Power magazine, which was promoting Bill and Ted's excellent video game adventure. The video game was a huge flop, but some lucky bastard out there got a got the phone booth. That's cool.
1: Wait, what phone it sorry, you said like they want a phone booth?
0: Like the one from the movie, like the time machine, they want it.
1: Oh like my god. Prop
0: to, to promote a video game.
1: What kind of a? what how would that fail? Maybe just how it was made or something.
0: No, it was just like the video game didn't like that failed, but the prop, I'm sure it was fine. But what are you gonna do with a full-size phone booth? Like where are you gonna put that?
1: You have to have a mansion or, like, a cool movie, like, theater. I know in one of my old houses, um, we had a little mini theater in our house. But still.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. I saw one time in uh, online the coolest home theater setup I've ever seen. It was a um, – so it was a bookshelf. And then there's this bust on the bookshelf. You lift it up. There's a button. You push the button. The bookshelf opens to reveal – a bat cave inspired movie theater, like Batman's hideout. And it was covered in Batman movie posters. It had a giant, like wall sized movie screen, three really comfy looking big chairs, a popcorn machine, and like a shelf of movies. And I was like, I want it. I want it now.
1: <laughs> Whoa. That sounds like something you would have.
0: If I could afford a, a house big enough to build a. In the walls movie theater, I would do it.
1: Wait, wait, wait. That theater is from the future, and that is your theater. I just know it.
0: Wow. So that's me. So I was looking at my house.
1: Yeah, it, it came to you, it came back to you.
0: <laughs> that's crazy. How, you know, what's weird? If time really does, you know, snap back instantly, there could be time travel all the time, and we would never know it. Like,
1: yeah,
0: yeah like literally it could just happen right now and my phone was like has been white the whole time but now it's black and to me it's always been black but maybe it hasn't that's freaky
1: (laughs) what if i am from the future talking to you right now like
0: (laughs) you could be i don't know (laughs) that's crazy i think about that sometimes like if time travel exists in the future And they're coming back here and they're changing things to us. It's just the way it's always been bonkers.
1: Oh my God. What if they change the colors? So like that red apple is like used to be blue, but they changed it to red.
0: That's such a weirdly specific thing to travel back through time for (laughs) my life's goal is I want to go back in time and change colors.
1: It's actually cool. It's like, (laughs)
0: Oh, that's, that's cool. It, yeah. Possibilities are endless. <laughs> um, number three in the original script, the time machine was a 1969 Chevy van. Uh, the filmmakers thought that this was too similar to back to the future. So they changed it to a phone booth, apparently unaware or unconcerned that Dr. Who has been using a police telephone box as the time machine for 50 years. <laughs> Uh, Because they had a car Bill and Ted picked up Way more historical figures Than they did in the final film And they fit quite a lot of people In that phone booth In this movie
1: You know what would have been Really cool If like Maybe they The time machine Wasn't a phone booth And it was like Something related to rock Somehow That would have been Added more to the story Like I don't know what Maybe like Maybe if they played Their guitars They went back in time That would have been cool Yeah
0: That would have been cool If they could actually Play the guitar oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> well you know i'm sure with the van it, were gonna, it was gonna be like a rockers you know roadie van like kind of like the guys the brothers van and onward uh yeah. i don't remember the name of the van it had a name it was like such a big moment nah, it has been a while but um uh,
1: the loaded diaper van from diary the wimpy kid
0: i've never i've never seen that
1: Oh, they're, they're, the name of the band is called Loaded Diaper.
0: <laughs> a terrible band name. <laughs> not, yeah, it's not as good as Wild Stallions, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, that's a cooler name. Wild
0: Stallions. Awesome. Um, number four, and I'm very glad they didn't do this. Originally, the plot was to have Bill and Ted visit and accidentally cause all of history's greatest tragedies including the sinking of the titanic and the crash of the hindenburg nope that would have ruined this
1: <laughs> that would have made things so dark because it yeah what the hell it would have been such a disgrace to all those people but like that's like some dark humor there
0: <laughs> yeah i heard a theory that the like the movie titanic jack is a time traveler i've heard like there's a theory that reason I, don't, I didn't look into it because i thought that's stupid but i saw that headline
1: <laughs> oh okay
0: <laughs> i don't have anything else to say about that <laughs> it just popped into my head um there was a cartoon series made in 1990 called bill and ted's excellent adventures uh, reeves winter and carlin all returned to voice their respective characters for the first season but the cast was replaced with the show switched networks why don't know it's a bad idea it only lasted 21 episodes received mixed reviews and uh yeah i don't i've never seen that a lot of 80s and 90s movies when they were successful they became cartoons mm-hmm. like that happened quite a lot and most of them are really bad
1: like batman or what
0: uh beetlejuice is a cartoon in the 90s really? that's one um Dumb and Dumber was a cartoon series for a bit. <laughs> um, the uh, Ghostbusters—that was a big one. So yeah, this yeah, any movie that was like a little bit hinted towards kids, we became became a kids movie. The Mask, a lot of Jim Carrey.
1: Scooby Doo,
0: uh, no, that was already a cartoon. Oh, but try uh, to think of other ones. The Addams Family—that was one. Mm -hmm. Yeah it's just odd Um, So let's talk about the two sequels The first sequel was 1991's Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey The film sees Bill and Ted Facing off against evil robot versions Of themselves from the future And outwitting the Grim Reaper himself Played by William Sadler Received mixed reviews upon release And I I saw this when I was like 8 Because we got it It was a deal that Pizza Hut was doing Where (laughs) you buy like a large pizza and you get a free movie and they had like four or five movies and it was a random draw. And we got a little, little sleeve that had a DVD of Bill and Ted's bogus journey. And we watched it and I hadn't seen the first one yet. So I was very lost. <laughs> I remember thinking it's weird that the Grim Reaper's here. <laughs> and that's all I remember of that movie is the Grim Reaper. That
1: is the coolest thing. Um, Hearing that some the Pizza Hut gave away movies, that's so cool. (laughs) Like, do we even give away like kids' meal toys anymore? Because I don't know.
0: Yeah, we. Yeah, I think that's still a thing. Just the toys have gotten crappier. Yeah. (laughs) I wish that you know how cool would it be like if you you know Pizza Hut still had that. You know, you buy a large pizza, get a free movie. That's the best. I would. I would go to Pizza Hut all the time.
1: Yeah, they, and they can do old movies. I would still like it. Like, it doesn't have to be new movies because obviously those are, like, you know, 20 bucks, 25. Like, especially with Blu-ray, they're, like, more and more expensive. But um, remember when Blu-ray was new?
0: <laughs> I do. I remember those days. <laughs> I remember when they said, like, they do not scratch. And that was a lie. <laughs> that was a big fat lie because I've had to replace several Blu-rays because of Scratches. It's, yeah, it sucks. But uh, hmm?
1: that sucks for you because I've never scratched a Blu ray before.
0: <laughs> oh, it's not me scratching the Blu rays. It's people I let borrow the movie who bring it back with a big fat gash. That's happened a few times.
1: No. Well, okay. Well, I'll never do that to you. I promise.
0: My copy of An American Werewolf in London, huge scratch on the, like, I was so disappointed. I went to watch it and it just started skipping. And I'm like, Blu ray is not supposed to do that. What's going on? And yeah, the worst one though is disc two of my extended Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring Blu-ray. It's a, it's a movie that's so long it's stretched across two discs, and the second disc is scratched. So I can't just go buy a copy of disc two. Like I'd have to buy the whole set again, and that's like an eighty dollars purchase.
1: Man, people are like, "Ooh, a new disc from Connor!" Let me take out my knife I got here. <laughs> Screech. Okay, it's ready to be returned to Connor now.
0: Feels like that sometimes. It really does. I know it's not on purpose. It's just like, why? <sighs> the worst one ever was. Uh, it was a. It was a PlayStation Three game I bought. I bought Rock Band Two, for like ten bucks at GameStop. It was used. I come home, I put it on the table. I was gone maybe three minutes. I come back and my little cousin who at the time was like two, had taken it out of the case and was just playing, like sliding it across the floor like, a, like it was a little toy car. I was so, I was like, no! I never got to play the game.
1: <laughs> Ooh, shiny. Screech, screech.
0: <laughs> I looked at it and it was like oh. Not even Yeah, I tried playing it and it wasn't even like, is this a disc or a piece of cheese? What do you got? (laughs) The worst. So I'm very careful with my movies these days, but you know, it does happen.
1: Oh, (laughs) Oh, I need to tell you, like yesterday, (laughs) I was uh, just hanging out. My brother comes in my room. He's like, hey, Julie, do you have uh, Alien uh, Covenant? And I was like, yeah, why? He was like, well, I want to watch it with my friend. Can I borrow it? And I was like, God, please, please be careful. This is like a collector's DVD thing because it it opens up into a book, and inside of the book is the DVD. So it's like really nice. I was like, please, for the love of God, don't put any ketchup on this. (laughs) Because I know he likes Whataburger. (laughs) And he eats lots of fast food with his friends. I was just like, please. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead.
0: (laughs) That's I'm so sorry.
1: I have it back safe and sound. But yeah. That's good. That's good.
0: There was a point like when all of my cousins were I'm the oldest one, so all of my cousins have been, you know, to me young my whole life. So and they always wanted to watch, you know, Connor's stuff. Connor's got the coolest stuff. Let's watch it, you know. I want some of his stuff. So I had I have had to be very protective of my films over the years. I have lost so many movies and video games to my cousins.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: No. Now they're all like practically adults the youngest one is 12 so they get it now but there was a time when i yeah it was it was a nightmare (laughs) uh the next sequel came out just last year 2020's bill and ted face the music like i said it's been in production hell for decades finally saw keanu reeves and alex winter now in their 50s uh return playing middle-aged bill and ted who are now fathers but are still trying to write the hit song that will one day save the universe and this one received critical acclaim with many fans saying it lived up to the hype. Uh, Grim Reaper in that one too. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I'm, I wish George Carlin was alive to be in that because I'm sure he would have jumped at that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'll get to these eventually. I've heard good things about this one. You know, there hasn't been a lot to choose from this year for obvious reasons. So when there was a release, everyone kind of went you know, crazy over it. And uh mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't want to watch it because I hadn't seen the second one yet. So I wanted to, I like to do these things in order.
1: Yeah, we'll get to it. It's like better late than never, you know?
0: Yeah. So I give Bill and Ted an eight. Um, it's highly entertaining, super dumb in all the best ways. Makes me laugh harder each time. Yeah, it's great. How about you?
1: Um, Man, I'm trying to like, it's hard to rate this one because it's just like, a, it's not like a movie that's trying, you know, I mean, I, <laughs> you know, like a good, like, whoa, like, holy shit kind of movie. It's just like a fun one. So I feel like for fun movies, you have to rate them different. So like, I, I'll give it an eight. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I agree, though. I agree with that big time. Like, you know, an eight for... A hardcore drama, very different from an eight for a goofy comedy. There's different levels of that. I agree with that big time. Yeah, it's hard to, you know, because I gave like a 10 to Judgment at Nuremberg, which is this super depressing movie about the trial, the Nazi trials after the Holocaust. I thought that was great. But I also gave a 10 to Toy Story, (laughs) which I love because it's funny and it reminds me of my childhood. But I, and I gave a 10 to Avengers Endgame because it blew my mind. So there's different, you know, different things go into my decision making on each of those scores.
1: Yeah, like, so I guess if you want to rate this one, you have to think, oh, this is a comedy. So you have to fit it into the comedy section. So, like, for a 10 in a comedy for me, it would probably be, like, Scott Pilgrim versus a world or something. But, yeah.
0: Yeah, cool. What's a good... What, what comedy did I give a 10 to?
1: Hmm.
0: Anchorman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love Anchorman. <laughs> <laughs> um, so to close out the show, I thought we'd uh, talk about this article I found on Collider titled The 15 Best Time Travel Movies Ever Made. So let's see if they're right about this. So we're going to talk about this. We're going to go through each of the 15 entries. Talk about the film, if we are familiar with it. Talk about the method of time travel and whether or not we think it deserves a place on this list. Number 15, Primer. I can already tell you, no, this is not deserve a place on this list. Primer is one of the most boring films I've ever seen in my life. And I know there are fans out there of this, but let me tell you this right now. Engineering majors should not make movies. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows what the hell they're saying except other engineering majors. <laughs>
1: I can
0: see that. I had a friend of mine who I think at the time was an engineering major. uh, Made me watch this. And it's a film about these two guys who are college guys who accidentally build a time machine. And I guess people like scientists have said it's the most scientifically accurate time travel movie ever made. I don't, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know the physics behind this yet, but all I know is the movie is incredibly dull because the dialogue is all like scientific jargon. So I'm going to go with no on Primer. Have you ever, have you heard of this movie?
1: No. And like, sounds like it's just for engineers. So I guess no.
0: (laughs) Then the guy did a follow-up film called Upstream Color, which she also made me watch. And I think I fell asleep three times in that one. (laughs) That one was so, I don't want to, yeah. I go any further, she might get mad at me. Uh, <laughs> number 14 the terminator so the terminator the infamous uh kind of glass ball time travel where only inorganic matter can oh wait, only organic matter can travel through time that's why the terminator has an exos like it has a flesh over exoskeleton um have you seen the original terminator
1: no just judgment day
0: <laughs> right on that's the better one but the OG Terminator is pretty hardcore. It's more of a horror film than a sci-fi thriller. Like it's pretty dark and uh creepy. But uh time travel movie. I, I don't know if I put it on the 15 time travel movies. 15 like sci-fi movies, you know, action movies, sure. But time travel movies, I don't, I don't know about that. Mm. 13 about time. This was a rom-com from like 2010. I remember this. Um, I know nothing about this film. I didn't even know it was a time travel movie.
1: <laughs> oh, is this, this is a romantic movie?
0: Yeah. Starring uh, Donald Gleason, uh, Bill Nye, directed by Richard Curtis, who did Love Actually and Pirate Radio. Um, yeah, I have no idea what this is about.
1: <laughs> I heard this one was good. Someone told me this one was good. So I'm going to check it out. I'm going
0: to look up a plot synopsis just so I can get like a general idea. Let's see. About time. Oh, that was from 2013. Uh, Rachel McAdams at the age of 21, Tim discovers he can travel in time and change what happens and has happened in his own life. His decision, his decision to make his world a better place by getting a girlfriend turns out to not be as easy as you might think. Okay. Fairly original. Fairly. Seems, I can see how that would be kind of endearing. I'll have to give this one a watch.
1: Number
0: 12, Back to the Future Part 2. Ah. <laughs> yeah this would be higher on my list But I'm, I'm biased with Back to the Future
1: Um. So is this one Is the third one about Cowboys Or the second one
0: <laughs> The third one is in the Old West The second one is a little all over the place It's not everyone's favorite um, It starts out by going to the future Then it goes back to the 80s Then it goes back to the 50s And then Part 3 happens But I've seen this movie well over a hundred times, so I have the plot memorized, so it doesn't confuse me in the slightest, but I get why, you know, newcomers would be a little flummoxed. But I think this movie's great because it really showcases the consequences of time travel and how if things fall into the wrong hands, the entire world will suffer for it. And Mm -hmm. Back to the Future 2 shows that more than most films, I think. So definitely on this list, but I would have it higher.
1: Is it because you're just like a really huge fan?
0: Extremely huge fan. All three of those films are beautiful to me. I love them to death. Oh, number t- number 11, oh, <laughs> Idiocracy. Oh boy, Idiocracy. Uh, I think this is one you should put on your list. This is one of the funniest damn movies I've ever seen. Okay. <laughs> it's about a guy who's just an average dude Like his name is literally Joe. He's average Joe. (laughs) Um, He gets put into a military project experiment to be frozen for a year. And then they'll get him out in a year and determine, you know, how do you feel? So they can like hibernate their best soldiers for when war comes. But the program gets shut down. They forget about Joe and he is frozen for 500 years. (laughs) When he wakes up, he's the smartest man on earth because everyone has gotten incredibly stupid because of de-evolution. Our culture has become so re- just absolutely stupid that everyone on Earth is a moron, and they think Joe is a genius. It is the funniest. It's so great. It was filmed mostly in Austin, and uh, it's just, oh, I can't sing this film's praises enough. It's so dumb, but it's so funny.
1: Is it, so? Oh, it's a comedy? Yeah. Or- this sounds great. Like, um, I could see this actually happening in real life.
0: <laughs> That's the problem. Everyone's kind of said like, it's turning into a documentary because we're all getting stupider. We are <laughs> just the way that they talk is so like, they're all kind of mumble and just be like, say every other word. And there's not really anything like they just talk, they talk like that. And whenever he talks, like normally they're like, I don't understand you. <laughs> and his friend's name is Frito. Uh, the president's name is Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho. <laughs> it's yeah, it's so great.
1: <laughs> Herbert Camacho.
0: I don't know if I'd really list this as a time travel movie, I guess. Cause he got frozen. I don't know, but it's, it's great. Um, number 10 Looper. Looper is pretty cool. That's a neat idea. Um it's about this guy who works as a looper and his job is he kills, uh, he kills victims sent by the mob into the past. Like the mob in the future has time travel and they send people they want dead into the past. And then he shows up at the targeted location and kills them. That way there's no, no you know, there's no cleanup involved, hmm. but then one guy gets loose and goes into the past and takes revenge. And it's, the, the guy who is the Looper, it's his older self who got loose. So he's like hunting himself. And
1: what the? <laughs>
0: it's, a, it's a pretty bitchin' movie, I thought. It's Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And it's by the same guy who did Knives Out. Did you see that?
1: Mm-hmm. Same guy. Wow, okay. That well, sounds clever. And I like um, Joseph. So I like his movies. So um, I'll probably like it.
0: This was cool because it raises an ethical question of like, how far would you go to save the future? Like, would you do something horrible if it meant saving millions of lives? Mm. So, I don't know, you know? Pretty cool. Number nine, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban.
1: What? No, no, (laughs) it's not. This is not, no.
0: The Time Turner,
1: that that counts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but like for a sequence of the movie, you know?
0: I agree I agree I think they're stretching it here but I thought that was pretty neat they that ended... was
1: cool that was like one of the coolest scenes
0: hmm the time turner That see, having that in the franchise raises so many questions of like why didn't they use that all the time
1: oh I didn't think about that till now
0: like you can't introduce time travel into a movie like that and then just never talk about it again
1: yeah like so this makes me want to read the book because you know like i I think it was in the book and so yeah why didn't they um someone go back in time to save harry or something or not save him but like do something to avoid what happened and everything
0: well i think the biggest one would be in goblet of fire when voldemort comes back and cedric dies and everybody's like oh shit here it comes. Harry should have just gone to Hermione and said, give me the time turner, reversed it like three hours and never let that happen. Right. Uh... It's just, it's, it's tough to, time travel stories are the toughest to write because you really have to think of so many different plot holes you have to close.
1: Yeah. Like an end game. So many people are like, oh, what a, you know, this is a plot hole. This is a plot hole. You messed up. Like, you know.
0: Yeah. I thought Endgame did it pretty tight. I thought the way they explained it was like, you're not changing the future, you're just creating a new one. I thought that was very smart, like a very cool way to do it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think doing that kind of closed off the plot hole conversation, but, you know, people still found them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Number eight, Star Trek, 2009. So the time travel in this one is a big old space black hole. And... Nero and his Romulans go back in time in this hole and they kill Kirk's father and change the whole timeline and Star Trek ah, it's, it's a cool movie
1: mm-hmm.
0: but uh, again I don't know if I'd really label this a time travel movie it's got elements of time travel it opens with time travel but it's not really essential to the plot and there's not really a device I don't know I don't know what the rules are but that movie rocks <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not really a Star Trek guy at all, but I thought that movie kicked ass.
1: I hope uh, a certain movie is on this list. If not, I'll tell you what it is.
0: Well, let's see. We got seven left. Number seven, 12 Monkeys. A lot of people love this movie. I thought it was was kind of a letdown. Uh, 1995, Bruce Willis and Brad Pitt. A guy is living in a future that's decimated by plague. I can relate. Uh, is sent back in time to prevent the plague from happening. And he's been told this guy, Brad Pitt, was a terrorist to unleash the plague, but then turns out that's not true, and he has to figure out, like, what really caused this plague and how do I stop it? Sounds great. But I thought the execution was not done very well. But then again, it's been, like, 10 years since I saw this, so maybe I should give it another shot.
1: Never heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I feel like a lot of these. I I think... I've seen if we're gonna like, if you're gonna say the movies I think you're gonna say then I can say I've probably seen half of them but most of them maybe not.
0: Well, let's let's find out. Number 6, Edge of Tomorrow. I I hated this movie. Everyone loved it. I thought this was terrible. But hmm, no one agrees with me. Like nobody was on my side with this one. It's
1: a recent one?
0: This was in 2014. Tom Cruise is like a shitty soldier who is afraid to die for his country or his world or something. And he's, they're fighting these aliens and then he gets killed. But the way he gets killed causes him to come back to life at the beginning of the previous day every time he dies. So it's like Groundhog Day. And over the course of him, you know, constantly dying, he gets better at being a soldier. He learns to fight, learns to care and takes on the enemy. And sounds cool again, (laughs) but I just, I don't know. I didn't like the ending. I thought it was kind of goofy. I didn't like the character, but you know.
1: So like, um, I don't like Tom Cruise at all. I don't like any of his movies. Um, so remember how early we're talking about action movies (laughs) He represents the action movies that I hate because <laughs> I don't really connect with him. I don't like his character most of the time. And it's just like, it's to me, it's, he's just like the character. It's like, I'm so cool. Ha-ha, I can do this. I can get the girls, blah, blah, blah. You know.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Tom Cruise is an acquired taste. I don't particularly like him in action films. I think his drama, he's amazing in. I think he's an incredible actor, but I think he's a terrible person. <laughs> yeah uh like born on the fourth of july a few good men um i thought he was great in tropic thunder he's he's good but i agree that his action movies are kind of the same movie every time yeah and but i thought i did think the the last three mission impossible movies i thought were pretty badass but not really because of him because of everybody else okay (laughs) like fallout you had henry cavill do that like you know, lock and load thing before he started punching. Like, are you kidding me? That was badass. That was awesome. Every (laughs) fight scene should start like that. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, not a fan. Number five, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Party on.
1: Yep. (laughs) I will say yes.
0: I'm very glad this made the cut. (laughs) Number four, Planet of the Apes. Hmm. Mm. Like
1: which one?
0: the original like, one
1: so I will say yes I think the whole concept is time travel sort of because it's dealing with what would happen if this happened you know kind of playing I think it's a play with time kind
0: of. I, I agree I think it's very smart because you don't know it's a time travel movie until the last like shot of the film and then that makes you kind of think like oh shit this whole time they've been on earth what so yeah <gasps> I agree. I think that's a pretty solid uh, time travel movie. I do not really care for Charlton Heston. I think he's kind of a dope. Uh, I don't really think he's that good of an actor. But the movie's really cool. It's revolutionary for, uh, you know, the makeup and just what they've managed to create with this. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Number three, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Kick ass.
1: (laughs) I saw this when I was young, young, like This is one of the few movies that my parents let me watch and I'm glad they let me watch it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I saw this way before I saw the first film. This was, uh, I saw this for the first time when I was, I think eight years old, because we were in Texas for the, my, my mom flew us down in here for the dazed and confused 10th anniversary, uh, party thing they were doing in Austin. And, uh, so we were hanging out with my uncle and his girlfriend at the time, and we all were at her house for dinner. And we rented a movie from Blockbuster. That's how old. That's how long ago this was.
1: How old you are, Connor? Just kidding. I, <laughs> I remember. I used. I used to watch Blockbuster too. So.
0: <laughs> well, the movie we rented was Terminator Two, and I was immediately like, "This is the best movie I've ever seen.
1: This is awesome."
0: And then from there, I was just like, I got my own copy when we got back to Maryland, and I just thought this movie was. Bitching, and I still think I think it's the best Terminator movie. I think it's maybe my favorite action movie of the '90s, and that is saying something.
1: Mm, yeah,
0: and uh, it's just so cool. It's it's aged incredibly well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, top two, number two, Groundhog Day.
1: <laughs> I've never seen this.
0: Groundhog Day is a very funny movie. It's about a douchebag weatherman named Phil, who only cares about himself, doesn't care about his coworkers or anybody in this town. He's sent to Puxatawney, Pennsylvania for groundhog day to cover the groundhog. seeing in the shadow. And then he wakes up, he goes to bed in his hotel. He wakes up and it's groundhog day again and again and again. And he wakes up every time he goes to bed, he wakes up and it's groundhog day. So the day plays out exactly the same. And he has to figure out how to escape this time loop. And the way he does is by being a better person. And it's a, it's a very sweet movie. It's crazy because he, like, he tries to kill himself several times, still wakes up in the bed. It's, it's bonkers. But it's hilarious, especially when he just starts, he has that phase of like, there's no tomorrow, so I'm not giving a shit anymore. I'm doing whatever I want. And he just goes crazy in this town. Great movie. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then once he starts realizing, you know, maybe there's a reason I'm here. And he starts, you know, asking his coworkers about their kids and, you know, helping people out with stuff. And it's very sweet. It's very sweet to see him become a good person.
1: He is kind of forced to, or is
0: he? Or is he- yeah, he is 100% forced to, but
1: you know, he,
0: I mean, once he's out, he still keeps being a good person.
1: <laughs> oh, <that's> good.
0: <laughs> I think I, but he's in there for like 10,000 years. Like, He's, he, he wakes up so many times. Like Somebody did the math, and he's in there for like a very long time, which means that now that he's out of the rotation, now that he's on a new day, I don't think he can cope. Like He's expecting life to be the same. How is he going to be able to cope with new things?
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. I know you're not supposed to think about these things, but I always think about these things.
1: like There are no rules to your thoughts.
0: Groundhog Day. Interesting. And number one, back to the future. Yep. I win. <laughs> you win. <laughs> you can't do a top you can't do a top 10 top 15 of time travel movies and not have this in like at least the top 2.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm guessing this list is older because there are a lot more today like Christopher Nolan movies, like they Oof. those kind of time. So, I guess this was, this list is kind of older.
0: This was published June 9th, 2020.
1: What? Are you kidding me? Who is this person?
0: <laughs> um, do you consider so do you consider Interstellar a time travel movie?
1: Yeah, that was the one I was like waiting for, but it's okay.
0: <laughs> I don't know if I consider that a time travel movie.
1: It's it's yeah, like you don't really realize it's time travel until the end. Like they mention, oh, time moves slower here in space, but they just kind of mention it. They don't say like they don't show a lot of what actually happens till the end and stuff.
0: Yeah, true. I don't know. I I, th- I think of Interstellar as more of a family drama than anything else because of the way McConaughey is forced to, you know, give everything up to do this. And just him watching his family. Like I was just that's such a devastating scene.
1: Oh like the bookshelf scene?
0: No, like when he's watching like videos by himself and he starts sobbing.
1: Oh, oh yeah. I Yeah, that's really sad. The beginning made me cry a lot like this, I think it was because of the music man, that music. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: Hans Zimmer did a great job with that score. One time travel movie that never really gets discussed because it's such a lesser known is um a film called time after time from
1: 1979
0: Mm um it's about h.g wells the author who wrote the time machine in this story in time after time he's an actual inventor who built the time machine and he uh the time machine is stolen by jack the ripper and he takes it to the modern age and h.g wells follows him to, to like 1970s new york or something and has to fight and like find and stop jack the ripper in modern england or new york wherever it was and he falls in love with a woman and like she doesn't believe him and it's it's a cool movie
1: (laughs) is that like a horror like i've never seen jack the ripper before
0: well time after time is more of a sci-fi adventure Uh, you want horror with jack the ripper 2001's from hell there you go that's scary jack the ripper (laughs) oh this was fun
1: (laughs) it went by really fast because of time
0: (laughs) yeah time flies when you're talking about time travel uh thanks for listening everyone had a blast with this one i want to thank the entire filmgasm productions team julie cervantes austin johnson caleb Leger, josh allred juan carter and andrew bachman And I want to thank Ryan Leone for our awesome theme music. And thanks to all you guys who tune in every week to hear us talk about weird movies. Couldn't do this without you guys. Next week we go back to horror. Kinda. And one of my all-time favorites. Next Tuesday is my birthday. So I chose an epic horror fantasy that has just gotten better with age. In the year 1923, an Egyptologist, her pickpocket brother and a charming adventurer, accidentally unleash a powerful ancient mummy upon the sands of Egypt. Can Rick O'Connell and Evelyn Carnahan destroy the powerful Imhotep before he unleashes the fury of the underworld upon the earth. Find out next week in the 1999 remake of the mummy. Very excited. (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: Don't miss our look into the neo-noir classic Chinatown on Oscar Sunday this weekend, or our dive into the Netflix original pieces of a woman on the sneak preview on Monday. Until then, be excellent to each other and party on dudes
1: party on.